ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russia. Time. Time is ticking away every moment, every second, and every day is a brand new page. This is episode 95, The Fourth Commandment. Cognitive dissidence for you single people as you hear that song. Um, the song's for you too. When you do fall in love with someone, that you can actually open your heart before them and not let these crimes between you grow deeper in the future. Open your heart to someone else besides yourself. Some of you are single, been single for years because you're afraid of this thing looking in the eyes of someone else and saying, I'm with this person. It's not just me anymore. They're in my life. And that is uncomfortable. Love that song by Dave Matthews. Ants Marching, it's called. Today's show I do with a heavy heart. I have a hard time with this. I have a hard time with this uh, commandment. I repent often. I ask God to help me often. And uh, today is no different. Sometimes uh, it's just feeling like uh, feeling feeling like this. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die. But I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Don't know. Drive so fast, my car has nothing to prove. It's not you, but it'll do zero to sixty in five point two. Sabbath. A Sabbath is a deep subject. 
and uh, I'm doing a little hybrid show today. Uh, some in the van, some some here, kicking off the show here in studio, right? In the RV. Um, but what I, what my heart is burdened with most is this um, this attitude that we have towards. Well, here's a, here's a word picture I want you to to get in your mind and to understand. Um, you have two sons and their father. Um, dad's an athlete, and the two sons are on the same team. And, and continually, um, dad is, is is asking them and pleading with them and asking them to keep pressing towards the goal. Right? They're they're continually. Um, asked to, to press towards the goal in life and one of the one of the sons is uh, they both have this relationship with their dad but, but one of the sons really he really has to have this done in a certain time frame and he's been looking forward to having this done in a certain time frame and and he's his whole uh, energy is wrapped up in this this doing and being in a certain way in a certain time and he uh he finds out that the the pressing towards the goal and and the other goals that he had going in and doing this and being on this team and he finds out that it's not it's not all going to happen in the time frame that that he thought it was going to it, it, that it wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to add up and and be everything that he thought it was going to be in the time that he thought it was going to happen so he gets discouraged and he and he quits. And the other son, he he finds out this this news too, and, and he's he, he's kind of a you know he he he's hurt by it, he's burdened by it, but he looks at his dad and he says, "Dad, I love you." And, and if this is the way things are going to be for now, um, I'm gonna stick with you because I love you. Because I want your your will more than my own in this time frame, and I, and I pray that uh, you understand what that means. What that little story has to do with that. Yes, um, we're asked to keep the commandments. That Jesus says, "If you love me, you'll, you'll keep the commandments." But see in the story one son has his father's glory in mind and one son has his own glory in mind and both of them are pressing towards the goal of excellence of right living of righteousness on the field of life right but one of them has his father's glory in mind and one of them has his own I really want you to focus on that think about that and listen, when it comes to relationship, let me promise you something. You're going to screw it up, okay? You're going to go into a relationship. It's going to be scary, and there's sometimes you're going to fall. You're going to mess up. You're going to hurt the other person. I guarantee it because you're sinful, and so is your spouse. So is the person you fall in love with. You're both sinners, and you will mess it up. But where are you going to be focused on? Where's your eye going to be on the goal in life who are you trying to glorify yourself or your father 
So where do we go from here? Because time is marching on, and you will spend that emotional, spiritual, intellectual energy. You will spend it. The question is on what and why. So, going into the fourth commandment. Here we go. Russ Shaw and uh, Exodus 20 in the Bible and the fourth commandment which is remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. What does that mean? Uh, let's tell you what's going on here. I am driving again <laughs> doing the uh, show in my van being convicted about the fourth commandment and making the best of the time that God has given me to uh let the creative juices flow, so to speak, and really be able to articulate what it is about my story and moving through uh, getting out of and repenting and understanding what that means and not being a sex addict anymore. How, how does that look really, honestly, truly, in reality, in real life? How does the rubber meet the road? Uh, Man, this has a lot to do with sexual ethics as well. And I know that may sound weird, but it does. Because stress is stress. And life is hard. And we only have so many hours. And God commands us to rest. Because He loves us. That's what is so awesome about uh, our loving Father. So, yes, bear with me as uh, we drive around together around the Pacific Northwest, around the Seattle area, and I uh, blab at you doing a show here. Um, in the future, I'm going to do some interviews again. I like that. like that. thought that was cool, and uh, a lot of the listeners liked it and have asked, uh, hey, why don't you do some interviews again? So I'm going to be doing that in the future after I uh, do this series of shows, and uh, God willing, I'll uh, keep on pressing forward. So... Again, the fourth commandment, keeping something holy. What is that? The Sabbath day. Um, the Sabbath. Uh, I have some notes that I took from the, uh, the lectures that I listened to from uh, Dr. John Frame, the Reformed Theological Seminary. Some things to remember about the Sabbath here is, check this out. Uh, keeping the Sabbath day blessed and holy. In Exodus 28, um, that it's a blessing to have a day off. Okay, that one of the things about this pent up energy that we have being released. Okay, does this sound like an orgasm to you? Because it has some very correlations with that. I'm a single guy that listens and talking about, I so related to some of the stuff he said about it being, uh, you know, 
us married guys having that release, like we have a wife to, to release into. Um, there's two things. That, the result of sin is toil. It's part of the curse, right, in Genesis that we uh, we toil to, to we have to work the land we have to get our living survive off you know toil and keeping the Sabbath day holy and blessed and holy is taking that day off and taking that time off and letting that energy be released and rest one of the, one of the biggest things one of the big breakthrough things an aha moment for me was when my uh, sexual addiction counselor just kind of sat me down and calmed me down and hey be still for a minute and listen to me let's tone that, that energy down a little bit and just just check this out just listen you're not going to die if you don't have an orgasm okay Russ you're not going to die you look at it like it's, it's you're going to die and you're not and part of this is Sabbath. Now, Sabbath, if you don't Sabbath, um, it's not good for you health-wise. Right? There's a lot of research you've done on this. You need time off. You need vacation. You need holiday. If you're uh, British or Australian, you know, being on holiday. You need Sabbath, time. We need that. And religious people screw this up. They add a bunch of rules to it, and they, they make it not even any fun anymore, right? Like, it was a good thing. And now it's you've ch- chunked a bunch of rules on it. I don't even want to do it. It doesn't sound like fun at all. Like sex. I mean, that was my thing with sex. Growing up in church and seeing all these rules. And it's just about making babies. You know, and if it's anything past that, then it's dirty. And no, that's so not biblical. See, religious people take a bunch of rules because they love to control other people. And they tack them on to good things. Things that are supposed to be blessed and, uh, you know, they make him not a blessing anymore. And that was my, a lot of my energy that came out against the, my religious upbringing was that. That sex is fun. It's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be enjoyable. Um, the Song of Solomon, talking about this feast. You're my, you're my pools of Bethesda, he tells his, his bride. And listen, I'll say this too. Um, get married. Get married young, and enjoy the wife of your youth. Okay, that's there's such a huge myth in Western culture that, oh well, you know why they got divorced? Because they got married too young. I got married at ni- uh, I was 20. My wife was 19. Um, still married. I'm 43. By God's grace, and nothing. I mean, I've screwed up everything. If there's any, every anyone that should be divorced ought to be divorced, right? It's me. The grace that my wife of being... I've broke her heart. And I love her. But that has nothing to do with me being young. Okay, do you understand that? It has to do with me being selfish and sinful and not understanding worship. Because all the, all the commandments are about obedience, right? Obedience to God. And, but here's the deal. We're always obedient. We're always obedient to something. We're always obedient to a God. Okay, that's, that's the first two commandments. Going back to the first two commandments. It's not that you are going to not be obedient. You always do obey. Does that make sense? You always do obey one God or the other. And the God who made you, the God that created you, the God, the lover of your soul, 
He wants good for you. But we don't trust that, and, and that's part of sin. So, something that Calvin said that I thought was beautiful was, um, he said to put aside your works to prepare your heart to worship. <laughs> I love that. Um, rest in structure. Part of resting is, is restructuring your life and, and learning this rhythm that, that God has made the world in. Like there's a rhythm that God has for us to live in. And when we can sync up with that, we're, we're more at peace. Um, it's the Lord's Day, the Sabbath is called. It's the Lord's Day. Kind of like money, charity, when we love and give to push back what's dark in the world, when we uh, use our money to do that, it's, it's the Sabbath is kind of like time. We're taking time, Lord's time, like the Lord's money. We're taking the Lord's time, and we're investing it in in worship and, and letting our souls rest, because He loves us and He and He loves others. He loves the people around us who see us freak out and we're stressed, right? Um, our rest from toil in redemptive history, rest from sin, redemption as rest, Jesus being our Sabbath Lord, Jesus being his blood spilled on the cross, that, that, that's part of Sabbath. It's taking aside a day to be and not do. Um, the Sabbath is part of the new covenant and it's part of the, uh, in religious circles, it's part of the new commandment that Jesus, the, the new covenant that, that is Jesus. I mean, he, he tells them, all right, the, the temple's going to be torn down and rebuilt in three days. You know, I'm the temple, I'm the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come, Jesus keeps telling these people. I'm the new covenant. It's not, it's not a matter of what day you take off, you know, and that's another thing that religious people love to do. Well, it's got to be Saturday. It's got to be Sunday. You know, Seventh-day Adventists, there's a whole denomination dedicated to what day they take off. It's just weird. And people lose sight of blessing that God, the, the blessed day, as, as Exodus 28 says, and, and they make it about rules. And, and basically it's this outpouring of negative, critical, critiquing, looking at sin out there energy that's flowing out of a person. It's not re- repentant or redemptive in the heart. It's it's just constantly that sin out there. Oh, I see. You're sinning. You know, instead of, oh, I see. I, I see what I did. I, I'm sorry. I'm repentant. No, it's, oh, you're evil. You know, I mean, that kind of pushing it out to, to someone out there. And, and that's what the whole motivation behind all of this legalistic talk when it comes to the Sabbath is. And Jesus is is, is going to say that. And Mark uh, chapter 2, verse 27, he says, is the man who was made for, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Telling the religious people that. I mean, Jesus is eating. The disciples are gathering you know, some of the heads of grain just to get something to eat. And, and they have the religious people run out, point the finger at him, and, oh, look at you, you're breaking the Sabbath. Um, Jesus heals a guy. And, and like, he's, his arm, like, grows back. You know, there's a leopard guy, leopard guy and heals this guy. I mean, that's a miracle. 
Maybe Jesus is who he says he is. They don't take any time or any energy to look at themselves and think, who is this man who can heal people? Maybe he is who he says he is. No, they're all focused on, uh, let's try and find out what's wrong with him so we can critique him, so I can make much of myself, you know, sticking him up on the cross. So I can make much of myself by hating on him, by sticking rules on him. We do that to Jesus when we become religious. One of the things that I really wanted to talk about, one of the passions that I have for doing this uh, this show and uh, talking about sexual in- ethics and sexual integrity um, is in this attitude that Jesus has towards this commandment. Um, I want to spend, and I do spend a lot of my energy doing this show, not just calling um, the perverts, right, to, to uh, repent of perversion as I was, right? I, I'm sexually addicted horribly for years. Very big problems with sexual integrity. And uh, I was uh, I was perverse. I remember praying that at one point. Just, I am sexually deviant. What is wrong with me? I hate that I do this. Help me, Lord, help me. Humble prayers of, of repentance. But a lot of my energy I also want to spend on, um, as Jesus did, calling religious people to repent of their religion. Because um, shaming people who are stuck in, in you know, bad sexual ethics is not helping. And uh, a repentant heart is attractive. It's like how God used Pastor Rick to get me to hear the gospel, right? Because I wasn't going to hear it from some finger-pointing um, zealot. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to hear the gospel from some guy who wasn't going to draw me in, right? Pastor Rick drew me in to, to understand the gospel, to see that it wasn't about me. It wasn't about trying to make me feel bad or set me up with a list of rules I couldn't do. But to, to just love on me. Because he understands repentance. And because him and Pastor Dan understand how to love on someone. So th- this isn't about, you know, theology. It's about a heart condition that says, I'm going to love on people. Because I love God. What does Jesus say to the religious guys who are trying to, you know, put him in a box and, and argue like, you know, lawyers about the law, what does Jesus say? The whole law is summed up like this. Love God and love other people. And that's the heart condition that I heard at AC3. When I was a jacked up, sinful person who felt like he could not change at all. And that's how I felt. I'm stuck this way. I don't know what to do. And I was mad at God and blaming God for my condition. And how did I how did I get out of that heart condition by having guys love me enough to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with me not religion not their agenda but the gospel they would say Russ Jesus Christ 
let me introduce you to someone, right? And I would reel in anger going, no, that's religion. That's all about freaking religion. I've seen that before. Want nothing to do with it. And they were patient with me because they loved me and introduced me to Jesus. When I had preconceived notions, when I had a correspondence bias when it came to that name, Jesus Christ. Right? I, I had a bias towards what I thought that meant. And those guys introduced me to the God of the universe who created a star burning a billion miles away at a certain temperature and, and the same God knowing the hairs on my head. Loving me that much. Loving Father who is good and is in control. They, they were willing to do that. They were willing to love me enough to do that. And I know a lot of people like to bag on the seeker movement. Oh, the seekers, you know, it's not seeker sensitive. Um, and whether you're a seeker or a fundamentalist, I think what it really takes is, is, a, is a minister, right? Someone who loves Jesus and loves people. Someone who's willing to introduce people to Jesus. To stick with them when they have attribution error, right? When they attribute that name Jesus Christ to religion or pain or hurt or shame because that's what legalistic religious people do and it's evil it is it, it is a huge horrible sin to be self-righteous and, and religious and to slam the door of the gospel of Jesus Christ to slam the door in the church in people's face with a heart that's not repentant but just continues to pour out others' repentance other people's sin uh, we, we didn't, I didn't know who Jesus was at all I grew up in church all I heard was merit-based religion because that kind of shaming energy is just it's, it's flowing out and it's really just wanting others to to hurt right and then maybe they'll come to repentance which is silly what we want people to feel is conviction and that's what brings heart change um, shame can bring the kind of change that just well I'm ashamed of myself I need to be someone else um, no again idolatry steals from us our identity. It seals from us what God created us to be, right? So when we are when we're convicted, then we look I'm I'm the one that maybe I need to change. <laughs> maybe there's life out there that's that's better than, than this life, right? The life I'm living in, in sin. That maybe you know, getting people to see themselves is when we can say that, hey, I'm not perfect. Here's where I've been convicted, and here's where God's changed me. That changes hearts and minds. Not this shame on you. You you ought to get right, or you should, let me, should, ought. No. Let me want to. Let me get to. Let me be convicted. So that's a question for you. What if you actually let yourself fall in love with this God? Be convicted and actually fall in love with this God that's been pursuing you all your life.
Teresa, this is another thing that a uh, quote that I heard that was awesome. Um, Mother Teresa was asked, "Where do you get all your energy?" I mean, she's an older, elderly woman helping um, busted up people, man, helping really jacked up people on the streets of, you know, in, in, in India. And they asked her, "What, what, what gives you your energy? What, what spurns you on? What motivates you to keep helping people? Sometimes very ragged." dirty people right what gives you the what gives you the motivation to keep doing that and she says i see them as jesus right and she quoted that that passage in i believe it's in matthew where jesus is saying um as you've done to the least of these you've done to me you know he tells his disciples hey when i was in prison you visited me when i was naked you clothed me when i was sick you you watched out for me. When I was hungry, you gave me food. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. Jesus, you were never in prison. Hold on. What are you talking about? And he says, as you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. And that is, is uh, that's Mother Teresa's attitude. That she gets to love Jesus by helping really ragged, broken, busted up people who need help. That's how she loves Jesus. That's what drives her. That's what gives her her passion. That's why she always has a smile on her face. Usually in pictures, she, she's smiling. Just a beautiful woman of God. That's the point of correspondence bias in social psychology, right? That we have a bias to the way we think and we correspond with the outside world. We have a relationship with our addictions and the, the people around us. Different relationships. It's true. And listen, when I say right, and I say that a lot in the show, like I'm trying to affirm what I'm saying, I, I get that kind of from being in sales and stuff, and you know, does that make sense? And trying to lead people along to, to understand where I'm, where I'm going, right? But when I say right, I, I pray that if you don't think it's right, like if there's something I say and I'm going along and then I'll say right, and something in your mind goes, no, I think that's wrong. You know, I pray that you would have the courage to email me, russ at asi247.org, because I want to dialogue with you, that I do this because I love you guys, and I, I do this because I've been forgiven much, right? Like the, the sinful woman and, and Luke... You know, in Luke eight, I've I've been forgiven much, therefore I'm 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 loving much. I'm trying to love much as I do this. That's my motivation to do this. And I didn't have a me. I love you guys, and I want want to be for you what I didn't have in those those stages of addiction. 
And I pray that you understand that. I love you guys. And I, I so want you to understand this stuff. And my right affirming and kind of a habit that I do in my speeches. I want you to get it. And if you don't, or if you want to dialogue with me about this stuff, you would have the courage to do that. Because I don't think, and I, something that I really had to understand, something that I really had to break in my own thinking, in my own habit process, is my closed-minded attitude that I just believe everything I think so deeply. And so, you know, like I've survived on it. It got me this far, but this far isn't, wasn't a very great place to be. So I had to look at my own thoughts and say, why do I believe what I believe? And maybe I shouldn't always trust everything I think. Because maybe that's what's holding me in bondage. And I say that to you religious people as well. That some of you who are, you know, you need to repent of your religion. Jesus Christ calls the religious people to repent of religion. Um, I also wanted to touch on what I said about homosexuality, just to make things perfectly clear. Um, because, I, you know, there's this, this energy out there that's really against... Not sin, but people, and, and there's there's some, right? I mean, there's some people who I and one of my things that I said in the last show. I'd rather not talk about this. One of the reasons is I I, I really love people that are struggling with that. I really love people that are struggling with homosexuality. And it's not that I don't want to offend you. It's that I want to communicate it in a way that doesn't sound self-righteous. Okay? Because there's this energy, then there's this this you know, communication that I'm getting from that side that's saying, so you agree with those churches that it's sin, Russ? I mean, come on. That all those protesters and all those picketers and all what they say about it being sin, that's true? Um, yes, it's it's true, but the, their delivery on it is, is wrong. Um, I will say this, that if you could look at that and, and make it the good news be the bad news, and I talked. I touched on this a little bit before, a few episodes ago. But the, this church in Albuquerque—it's actually one of the Mars Hill campuses now, where a reporter, newspaper reporter, showed up. Um, she happened to be, you know, in the homosexual lifestyle, and she, uh, you know, asking would would Mars Hill Church in Albuquerque uh, welcome gay people with open arms? And, and he's like, yes, of course. And then she asked, is it sin? Do you guys believe that it's sin? And he said, yes. And what he said was brilliant. And, I, and it, it, it has totally ties into what, what I talk about, about identity. And he said that sometimes the good news is the bad news, right? The bad news can be the good news. When you realize that, yes, it's sin, then your identity doesn't have to be tied to that. That, yes, God sees it as sin, but, yes... You're, that's the good news because your identity doesn't have to be wrapped up in your sexual orientation. Does that make sense? That's why it's the good news. That's why the gospel is the good news. Because Jesus wants us to live. Right? John 10.10 10, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That having our identity tied up in something as... it's Yes, it's deeper than most things, but it's also... um, It's not as deep as your identity goes. 
It really isn't. God loves you. And he's pro you. And he's relentlessly chasing you and loving you. And he wants your heart. And part of that is seeing that when we we offend the heart of God, we sin against God. And that him pulling us lovingly closer to him through us growing and seeing and being convicted, not being shamed, but being convicted and saying, yeah, maybe that's not me. So that's my question to you. Whether you believe or not, you consider yourself a Christian, and it's also the point of ethics that, yes, it, it is, the Bible's going to say it's wrong. So what do you do with that? Is it good news that it's wrong? That's what I want you to see. Is it good news that that is sin? Homosexuality, the homosexual lifestyle, being stuck in same-sex attraction can change for you. If a sexual addict for 20 years can be free of that, you can be free of, of same-sex attraction. I believe it because I've seen it. There's ex- gay people at Mars Hill Church in Seattle. One of them's a pastor and I, that I love dearly. Spoken to my life. Don't believe the lie that you're stuck that way, that that's your identity. Because it is a lie. Your identity is deeper than that. I just wanted to get that across to you. That part of the whole Sabbath thing is just being able to rest in the fact that God loves you and basking in His grace. Basking in His grace for a season as you repent and draw closer to Him. As you love Him via repentance. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll strive to keep my commandments, Jesus says. That's how we love God. We try and live a better life for His glory, not for our own. I pray that you understand that and and Jesus is going to call religious people to repentance over and over and over again in the New Testament. He has more venom towards the religious people than He does the jacked up sinners who are like, yeah, I know, I need help. Right? I mean, he's Jesus is really going after the religious people in the Gospels. So, I will call religious people to repent of religion even more often than just helping sinful, jacked-up people try and understand what it means to repent of sin and and, uh, put our faith and our trust in in the God who, who says in the first commandment, put no other gods before me. And the great divorce from heaven and hell is happening now in this place. Is it going to be Jesus or self? Is it going to be Jesus or control? Is it going to be me and my way and my will? Or is it going to be His will be done? It's the big question when it comes to sexual ethics that you have a legacy 
and the ripple effect of your life is happening today. That we're realizing that we're constantly spending that energy all the time and and one of the ways of spending that energy is to rest okay to rest to take a day and rest that God asks us commands us to do that and it's it's going back to Romans 1 exchanging the truth for the lie that we can do it and we're going to be fine and I can work 7 days a week and it doesn't really matter and we end up burning out and men listen part of our jobs is to cultivate our wives right to love them and and, and be like cultivator and if you have little kids can i tell you something a huge blessing to your wife would be you letting her sabbath from the kids or from the kid from the baby that she spends most of her day with maybe right that she would have some time adult time to be with you and and to to sabbath from being a mom you know what would that look like for your wife would that be huge for her that you love her like that you give her a day off let her go out with her friends or, or you watch the the kid and i mean men seriously letting our wives sabbath And your business or your job can be a total false god. And it can throw everything in your life out of rhythm. See, sin is an act of worship. It's a, it's a worship act towards a false god. And, and why does, what does that, this have to do with sexual ethics? Because sex is another false god. That, and sin is another worship act that gets us to not be so stressed. Right? That's the truth. It is scientifically, physiologically, having an orgasm is a stress-releasing uh, chemicals are released into the body. It's like a drug, man. It's like a drug. And that's that worship act of getting that release in order to have a little fake Sabbath instead of actually taking a day off to just be shutting down the, the phone and the, and the, and the computer and, and just, just be, just be for a day. Maybe unplug, get out of town. Just enjoy your wife, your family. Spend some time with your God, maybe in solitude, not in isolation, aloneness, but in, in, in solitude, right? Take a day to Sabbath. I love you guys. I, uh, I'm going to leave the show right there. Let you think about that. Let you dwell on that. Let you pray about that. Leave you with another song by uh, Decipher Down. Love you guys. Uh, my email is russ at asi247.org. The website is asi247.org. If you like the music on the show, you can actually buy it via iTunes or cut and paste and buy it from whoever you want. But uh, all the lists of the bumpers that I've played on the show are on uh, the website there. Um, donations, I, I hate asking for money, uh, but the, the whole show is, is based on donations from listeners. And I pray that uh, if you feel led to, to be generous in, in that way to help push back the darkness of uh, 
sexual addiction and, and shame and, and all of that, I, I pray that you would uh, do that. You can do that on the website. It goes via PayPal. Um, and, I, and I thank you tons for those of you who have donated. It's just, uh, it costs money, you know. It just, it does. And uh, keeping this thing afloat is, is not easy. Um, I love you all at more than money. I, I ask for your prayers, and I, I'm praying for you. Uh, please pray for me. Um, teensagainstporn.com is a great message, boy, great resource to uh, start talking about, start dialoguing, getting this stuff out of you. Partners for Purity is another great resource out there. Uh, go to these blogs and talk about it. Till next week. Bye. the website asi247.org uh, on the page the the front page I have a list of the the commandment shows and underneath the link for uh, the fourth commandment is uh, a link to marshillchurch.org uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll is the church I'm going to currently uh, does a sermon called uh, Jesus our Sabbath Lord which is very good and very, it's very funny as well. Uh, watch the video; it's awesome. Uh, a lot of visual stuff. You could download the audio, I suppose, but the video much better because he's got visual uh, stuff in the uh, in the sermon there. So, just some uh, extra bonus material for you. Love you guys. Till next week, God willing. Bye. <laughs>